Coming up, let's talk defense for your New Jersey Devils. There were some big departures. Who's blocking shots? Who's making hits? And where are the expectations for some of the guys down on that fourth line? We dive in next. Yes, sir. It is the Devil's Puck Luck Podcast, where, of course, we are your host over here, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the Brooklyn Nets and the Locked On Nets Podcast. My boy, Doug Norrie, and preparing for week one of the NFL season on the One Giant Podcast with Andrew Makowitz, joined, as always, by the 20-plus year pulse of the fan base, heart of the podcast. I don't know why not. Danny McDonough, how are we, <laughs> sir, on a, I don't know, Doing Thursday? Good. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. It's uh, we're coming up closer, right? It's we're only a month away now, so not even 25 days till the first preseason game. No, we're you got guys, you got rookies, man. They're 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 yeah. tapping on the ice, right? There's some things happening here, so yeah. the 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 buzz around the season finally getting underway is good, and along with that, the sense of a couple different things. Maybe I don't know if we'll touch on it here today. Um, I've been tapping into the uh, hockey news. What a lovely little subscription that is, right there. For love you. that they got top 50 players. Um, they're talking about, you know, some devils being in there, obviously, as we would expect, but then there's also some other things that I think we'll get into along the way around, um, fantasy for hockey. Yeah. We're doing it with the network actually. And there's, yeah, some, we like, are. I think sometimes there's some good tea leaves to read through fantasy. Cause it does set like an sure. expectation bar and especially around like some young guys, but, um, for the purposes of this discussion, you <laughs> ran a little Polsky over on Twitter, trying to get a sense of uh, where the fan base stood and their level of, I don't know, let's say potential concern, right? Who is going to be missed more for the Devils? Two yeah, listen, I, I the poll was Severson, Graves, yeah. or yeah. we're not going to miss either. Ooh. It's funny to me how many people said that they're not going to miss either guy, right? You can make a case that we're going to be all right with obviously the younger talent on defense, but I think it's safe to say, I think you can agree that we're going to miss some of Severson's game and we're going to miss certain aspects of Ryan Graves game. So, you know, first of all, for me, I have a specific guy that I think we're going to miss more. Who do you think we're going to miss more out of those two? I think we're going to miss Graves. Like, and I, and I know that the poll and I know here's my thing. So the poll as it stands right now, we'll round this thing out another episode, still long ways to go on it, but almost 60% saying Severson is the guy that they're going to miss. And then to your point, um, nearly 18% saying, ah, who gives a crap? We don't need either one of them. But I know that functionally, when you think back to this past season and how Gray's fit or did not fit into what you ultimately want this team to be, um, I can appreciate looking past him, but it's pretty hard to look past. And we were talking about this before we started 83 hits for Gray's. Mm-hmm. 152 block shots only behind yeah. uh, sorry not even behind ahead of Siegenthaler by one block shot like mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that young players that as you said a Luke Hughes Luke Hughes isn't going to be blocking 150 no, plus shots so and there's something there. you want Kevin Ball to be that guy right you want Kevin Ball yep. to step up into that position and be that guy that's going to block shots be that big body like Ryan Graves was. Listen, I, I think you see what's going on with the poll and the reason why people are like, oh, forget about Ryan Graves. We don't need him. He didn't have a great playoff series, right, against the Rangers. He was okay. Um, Carolina, he did not have a good series at all. He was just slow. And, and I think that fans in general saw that, and that's on the top of their mind, and I get it. 
And I think we all knew that we weren't going to re-sign Graves to a multi-year deal. Obviously, him going to the Penguins now. So I'm with you. I I think Ryan Graves is going to be a big absence for this team. But I'm confident. I don't know how confident you are, but I'm very confident that Kevin Ball can step into that role. But also, conversely, I I think we're going to miss Severson as much. I I was kind of torn on this, you know, when I did this poll because Severson added that offensive power, but he was also... I think very underrated defensively last year. I thought he had a very good year defensively, you know, a lot better than a lot of his years in, in years past. So listen, it's, we got young kids now. They're going to see what, obviously we're going to see what they can do, but we're going to miss the veteran presence. We are going to miss that veteran presence. And I think the biggest question marks besides obviously the consistency of the goaltending is going to be, is this young devil's defense going to step up to replace Graves and Severson? Yeah, 252 total for Siegenthaler between hits and block shots. So he led the team overall in those two combined categories. It was second there with Ryan Grizz. And to your point yeah. on Severson, um, 44 hits and 115 block shots. Like, yeah. he's a guy that I think, obviously, you're going to miss in that same kind of capacity as well. I think we did this, what, a couple weeks ago? Expectations for Kevin Ball. Like, this this, this is, we have cleared mm-hmm. out a couple of people, and now you are responsible. And, and if we want to think about it just from a high level, the the organization seemed to you saw these things coming even mm-hmm. if the team didn't have the success it did last year the same contracts were going to come up it was sure. going to be the same level of concerns sure. i think the only difference now is expectations have changed so now what certain players need to do sure. they need to do it now they can't do it a year from now because otherwise it's going to shift what you have defensively especially and I think that's why, to me, what you saw with Kevin Ball in the playoffs, I think that's why you're more confident going into the season that he's going to carry that forward. Um, you, you don't re- like you see what Colin Miller did in his career, obviously, but you can't you can't bank on that he's going to be a guy that's going to be a staple to block those type of shots, to be that aggressive defenseman, that defensive defenseman, so to speak. So uh, to me, I think there's a lot of pr- we talked about last week. We talked about. Holtz having a lot of pressure on offense, you know, being a winger on the third line, prove it, you know, it's kind of the same way with Kevin ball. Are you going to be that player? Are you going to step into the role that you're designed to step into? And are you going to show that same confidence that you did in the playoffs? I I think he is. I'm more confident to be honest with you in Kevin ball than I am in Holtz. Um, I think you can probably agree with that. So. Yeah. And the difference there is, is that, um, I'm more confident in Ball than Holtz, but there's, as we're saying, more pressure on Ball than there is on Holtz, just from the standpoint of the offense. There's already a lot of firepower there, right? There's already a lot um, that can be leaned on. Now, from an individual standpoint, as we talked about Holtz, he has a lot of pressure if he wants to be a part of the Devils organization, if he wants to entrench himself into a role on the top two lines there. like that, That part of it can be somewhat isolated. Because if you told me, and we talked about this, if you told me that Holtz came out and he struggled, I can look at the roster and think of a lot of different ways that they still manufacture success offensively. And he's not the linchpin of that. Conversely, if right. ball does not serve the role here, then we talk about getting into this defensive side of it and feeling like, okay. And it's, and there's trickle down gets all the way back to the goaltending ultimately where you go, okay, what are we setting ourselves up for here to be an offensive firepower, to be a team that is going to just outscore you on most nights. Or do we think that over the course of this season, we're going to develop, and cement what our core identity is going to be on the defensive side of the puck. I think on a personal level, not to disagree with you, but I think on a personal level, I think Holtz is going to have more pressure. 
I think on a personal level, no, no, on a personal level. I uh, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think also, you know, bringing in Cal foot, you know, the veteran defenseman to step in, if someone does struggle on defense for the younger kids, you can bring him in right away. Obviously you have Miller, you have Smith. So you, you have some protection for the younger guys on defense. You do on offense too. But again, I think it comes down to the mental capacity of Holtz being able to stem the tide. If he has a slow start, you know, we talked about it, you know, given 15, 20 games for, for Holtz, I think it's similar to ball. You know, it's, I'm not concerned really at all with ball, to be honest with you. I think that he's going to step into the role very well. And I think he's going to be on the second uh, pairing defensively. You put him on the second pairing there. Then when we talk, when we take a look at those lines real quick, you're going to go. Obviously we're talking about the top line being Siegenthaler and Dougie Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to pair with Luke Hughes on the second line? Are you putting Luke Hughes down? I think Luke Hughes is going to be on the third line, and I think he's going to be with either Miller or Smith to start the year. And I think Marino and Ball are going to be on a line together to be a shut them down defensive pairing. I really think that you're talking about two guys that are defensive defensemen, obviously, that are going to be able to shut down the opposition. I think you're going to see them on the ice when top lines are going to play. But listen, Luke Hughes can obviously play with Ball. Luke Hughes can play with Marino. You know, there's there's a lot of different mixing and matching that you can do defensively i think it's all going to depend depend on obviously preseason you know who gels with you the best on those pairings so i I think you and i can agree that siegenthal and hamilton are going to start as pair one yeah yeah i don't think there's any i don't think that's hard to dispute that right yeah (laughs) Yeah. no there's no reason to mess with that aspect of it and i think you're and then obviously with marino it really just doesn't come down to who do you think is better suited or what can you create there is as you point out Maybe you end up with Marino and Ball, where this is, hey, yeah. that's our lockdown defensive or, that we have a lot of confidence Or, in. honestly, it's you could put Luke Hughes with Marino because Luke Hughes is going to take way more chances offensively as a defenseman, and you have Marino yeah. as that, you know, talking soccer terms, that sweeper that's going to be able to clean up every anything, you know, defensively if any mistakes happen, you know, with Luke Hughes. Let's come back into that Luke Hughes point here in a second. And then we're also going to trickle all the way back to the goaltending here, potentially, as we've highlighted before, what's going to go on with VTech and Akira? Where do we want this to end up as we head into this season? But before we do that, my friends, got to tell you about our other friends over at DraftKings College Football. Fans, if you're out there, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast, and the only thing that's a lock is that the great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be available to you. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hills Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Siege Draft kings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions why they do apply so this i'll just say here if we're talking about the conversation on the defensive line here before we get into a little bit of the goaltending um you touched on it there and this is why i think that luke Hughes should be on the second pairing with marina 
because I want Luke Hughes to be able to go ahead and lean into the offensive moments when those opportunities come. And I want to make sure that he's anchored with a consistent, reliable defensive resource next to him. It's not knocking whether or not we think it's going to be Smith on that fourth line or Miller, but I, I obviously the same way we talk about a lot of these players. Obviously, I have more confidence in Marino than anyone sure, we're talking about sure, down the yeah. fourth line. No, 100%. So I think that, that's be where I would be entering the season would be. I want Hughes on that second pairing with Marino because that's where Marino has to play, right? Marino yeah, doesn't go down the third line. So, And remember, too, on the penalty kill, too, you're going to see Ball. You're going to see Marino. You're going to see Siegenthaler, too, defensively. You're going to see Smith if he's playing. So it's that's a big part of it, too, right? The, the balance yeah, between the penalty, kill the penalty is kills and also power plays, because that's where Hughes is going to Luke is going to see some time. We saw it all last year. Special teams is vital this year. It is huge to be able to capitalize on power plays. But listen, penalty kills are going to be massive because, you know, we're going to take some chances, you know, on penalty kills, too. So it's it's going to be a big step forward for the Devils to be consistent on special teams. And I think that they're going to have a lot better success this year. I'm confident they are. All right. So we like we like primarily who we have there from the defensive front. Is there any concern or how deep would you go to say, is there an unknown guy that we're not talking about for the defense that could come along here over the course of the early portion of the season that takes Smith, that takes Miller and removes them out of their spot there on that final pairing? Uh, Cal foot, you know, watch out for foot. We got foot for a reason. You know, he's a guy, he's a veteran guy that has NHL experience. You know, he's what he, listen, he won a cup. So, you know, this guy knows what he's doing in the sense of playoff hockey. I think that he is going to be an important factor if there's any kind of injury. Uh, but I think Cal foot will be able to step into a role if he's called upon. And I think he might steal a spot, you know, he might steal a spot on that last pairing. You know, if, if Miller or if Brandon Smith don't play well, he might just jump right into that role. I disagree with that, but, um, Love Love I that. think that he's there for the AHL. I think he's there to help the young guys down there. Um, in a worst case scenario, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to say that I don't, that I'm, you know, disgusted by the idea that he gets called up and he's given some shifts on the, at the, at the NHL I, I think level. But we I would be concerned yeah. if he was, I, if he earned a spot. I don't I think Nemec, I don't think Nemec will play at all in the NHL this year. You know, it, I think right, that, so that he, takes, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think he's staying in the AHL. I think it's smart for him to stay in the AHL. This year is all about Luke Hughes developing him as the young guy, the young kid on defense. I think Nemec's game's obviously a little behind Luke Hughes. He's going to be a phenomenal player. But mm -hmm. I think that you keep him down in the AHL to let him continue to develop. What we talked about in previous episodes, I don't want these young kids to come up to the NHL and to be scratched. I don't want them to be a healthy scratch. If they're coming up, I want them to play. If they're not playing, keep in the NH AHL, get the experience of playing games, consistently playing games week in and week out, I don't want them being healthy scratches. I think that you can agree in that aspect. If there's going to be healthy scratches, I want it to be a Miller. I want it to be a Smith on defense. I do not want it to be a Nemec, you know, later in the season to be a healthy scratch. I just don't want to see that. I want to see him play games and develop his game. Yeah, I think the only the only instance where I'm really talking about is where you feel like you need something different than a Smith, than a Miller on that final sure. pairing. Ball is really taking his game to the next level and you feel comfortable. And to your point, you know, we're saying, hey, we actually think that maybe – I don't know, not dissimilar to like Luke comes in very, 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 very late at the end of the season last year, right? But like, what's this little next button that we push here? Maybe they feel fine and it's all confident and it works out. But I do just like the idea of someone claiming that role. So if we're going through the early portion of the season and you have Lindy Ruff saying, well, tonight it's Smith. Oh, yeah, we're going a little bit of Miller here. Hey, you know what? We're calling up foot. At some point, you just want that to sort out. And I guess not, not even a concern. It'll just be fun to watch. Where are these more veteran players? 
And are they establishing a hierarchy, right? Because if it is an active rotation, then I think you're, you're, what you're really saying is we don't have, right, that final guy mm -hmm. to pair with. Let's say it's Kevin Ball. We don't have the guy definitely to pair with. We kind of have this mix and match. And there, there's there's value to that. There's flexibility mm -hmm. in it. And I, just like when we talk about the offensive pairings, we go, I know what I have here. And Holtz is like that one X factor. You, you can't avoid it. We know that. But I just prefer to get those things ironed out as soon as possible. Any other defensive notes before we talk about ultimately what it means to be playing in front of who between the pipes and who do we think should be uh, leading this goaltending unit for the New Jersey Devils? It's it's tough for me, man. You know, we talk about the goaltending. It's tough for me to decide and to really like if I'm going to make an educated guess who's going to be the number one starting the home opener against the Red Wings. I've gone back and forth with Akira and VTech. You know, it's I don't know. I'm so 50-50 on who's going to start game one. And I'm so 50-50 on if the workload is going to be that, you know, are they going to be splitting the games evenly or is Akira or is VTech going to get 65% of the games? It's, it's hard to know because there's an argument for both cases, right? Akira was phenomenal in the playoffs and does he deserve a chance to be that number one? Yeah. VTech, I think we can agree. He was tired and he played like crap in the playoffs and he knows he played like crap in the playoffs. So he has a lot to prove this year too. And I think being able to decrease his workload is there's a reason why you'd still want him to be the number one because of how well he played. You know, he mm -hmm. was, you know, him and Marty Brodeur are the only ones who had 30 plus wins for the devils. Right. So there's a reason why you want to continue to, to build him up to be that number one, but you know, I love Akira Schmidt. I think you do too. We've talked about this. You know, the, the kid is phenomenal. I, I think he has all the potential in the world to be a number one goalie. But am I going to be mad if VTech is the number one and he's getting the workload? No, I'm not. Yeah, I, so the, and I, I think same thing, man. I you, you battle this around because inherently it ends up feeling like you're we're, we're putting down VTech, right? And it kind of mm -hmm. to what you mentioned there about Graves at the back of the playoff run and saying, well, that's the last thing, right? The, the last the last image you have in your mind of VTech is really struggling in the playoffs, not looking the part. And you bring up about maybe he kind of wore down and, and there's this world where just having a Kira Schmid this season and really sharing that workload then keeps you with two fresh goaltenders. Uh, and then you can kind of just pick your poison and we know how that goes. The hot hand often will get the run when it comes to the playoffs. Here would be my, my my push for why Akira Schmid should be starting coming into this season and why he mm -hmm. should be the goaltender of the future and the future should be now. Go back and look at these playoff games, right? Now, we understand that the Devils only en end up ultimately, and Akira Schmid only ends up with nine games being played here. There's a reason why the uh, Vegas Knights were crowned champions because Hill between the pipes had a 932 save percentage for them across 16 games going 11 and 4. But Akira Schmidt, I'm taking away Jones, who only appeared in one game for Toronto. He was one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in save percentage in the entirety of the NHL playoffs at 921. And that's tied there with Gustafson for Minnesota. Like, I just think that the sample size from the playoffs is too strong. And that includes a real dud that he had mixed in there as well. It's really hard for me to look at those numbers. And to not feel like Akira Schmid, essentially, he he emerged. Like, no, he, he did. Until he did. Playoffs. Like that's it. Like he, it's it, it's his it's his job now. And I and I think while it, it'd be fine to go with Vitek to start the season and then make the decisions, and, and I'd be fine if they were sharing the load and splitting it. But I just feel like if you're feel like you're in this win now mode, it's far easier to say Akira, this is your gig. 
And if you struggle and falter, we know what VTech is capable of, yeah, at least for the regular season, right? But let me ask you a question. Do you think that it's going to be similar to how the playoffs were in the sense of if Akira starts, you know, the year? So, which I, I'm on the same page with you. I think Akira should get 60 to 65% of the, the starts and VTech should get the rest, you know, the mm-hmm. 35 to 40. It, it's still a very close split with that, with those numbers too. So if Akira starts and he struggles a little bit and VTech comes in and he's hot, it's the same way the playoffs are, right? You stick with the hot hand until he has a game that he slips up. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Or you say, you know what? This is going to be our 1A starter, Akira. You mm. are going to be our number one 1A starter. And then VTech is going to back you up and he's going to play every three, you know, every three games, whatever it might be. I think it's hard, right? And I I, I think it's the 1A and the 1B of your starters because I, I think it's hard to then at the end of the year say, you know, over the course of an 82-game season, you're talking about VTech maybe only starting 20 games, you know, 24 games possibly over the course of the season. Like at that point, you'd probably be asking a bigger, a bigger question of like, why is VTech still on this roster? What can we, you know, how can we move him right now? You know, you always need to have more than one goalie. We've seen when the devils haven't had it. It's why VTech was the first guy since Brodor to have 30 plus wins. I think sure. Akira Schmidt can also accomplish that feat potentially in the upcoming season. I don't know. Maybe that is the reality. I, I just like Akira Schmidt more. I like his instincts. I think his recovery from post to post is better. He's a bigger goalie. He's longer. He has range, right? 6'4", 6'5", 205 pounds. And if you actually go look, man, um, our, our boy down in the AHL, the other young prospect, he's also, when he's ready to come up, they are the exact same measurable. So I, I also think long-term, in terms of setting up your goalie hierarchy, that's what I think the Devils are building towards, and it's a matter You're of when about, that uh, shit happens. Nico Dawes? You're talking about Dawes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, uh, at at the end of the day, I'm not going to be disappointed with any decision for the game one starter. I'm not. You know, VTech is the starter at home on the 12th of October against the Red Wings. I'm going to be like, awesome. I'm going to feel as confident as I would if Akira was in net. Do I agree with you? Yeah, I think Akira has earned that number one spot by what he did in the playoffs and what he showed in the playoffs. And he's so young and he exudes such confidence, which we always talk about, which we love. Mm-hmm. But listen, at, at the end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down. Let's see what goes on in preseason. You know, I, I, I think let's see how they both feel going into the regular season. And, you know, we go from there. I, I think that there is a short leash in the sense that they know the coaching staff that they have a plan if either struggle, you know, and it, it's, it's very easy to to flip flop and put Akira in or put VTech in. It's easy. Well, and I think too, and you and I talked about this before um, that I think there's a short leash for the goal, for the goalie position. This yeah. hundred percent. Right? Because we, they could have made a big splash. They could have gone with a big move. I, I think now, and let's, and let's also frame it this way. If VTech comes out and has the exact same season, regular season that he had last year, we're in a great position, however many games Absolutely. it is. If Akira comes in and, and provides some of that same type of quality consistency, then we're in a good spot and it's all great. Mm-hmm. My, I, I think the only maybe concern you have is was that playoff run the shell shock for VTech, you know, that ends up lingering? Because yeah. great regular season goalie, not a postseason goalie. And we know now. This is a win-now team for the New Jersey Devils. So VTech, no matter what, he's going to come out from game one. If he starts at home, great. It's all about confirming, 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 right? Wiping away that last taste of the playoffs. And every time that he struggles for one or two games, it's going to come up. And you and I will probably push back on that. And we'll say that, you know, you don't want to worry about that now. The playoffs are a long ways away. 
But that is going to be the discussion all year long. When he falters, when he looks 100%. out of sync, it's going it's to be a very big cloud over his head, which is unfortunate, but it's true. Gun to your head right now. Not how you personally feel. Gun to your head right now. Who starts game one regular season? VTech. Agreed, hundred yeah. percent. And I think that it's, um, I think the he's writing. Earned, he's earned it. He's earned it. He's that's, earned that's, it. I think the writing is on the wall. I think he has more of the veteran presence. I think that he had a phenomenal season last year. I think he's going to be your your number one, uh, your day one starter too. Agreed. So we feel like defensively. There are some question marks about who are going to be the big hitters. We'll crack down on some numbers, even from offensive players um, like a team Meyer, who can bring some of that physicality and help supplement some of yeah. what they lost, even if it's on the defensive pairings. That's something that I think we'll discuss here. And then as I said at the top of the show, fantasy wise, there's a lot of good stuff to look in here. And we can actually retap into our draft battle that we did. Some of these informative hits and block shot numbers might really go ahead and flesh that out. But we got some good um, comments from fans asking that we redo it and do it in the structure of we have to fill out our top line, then our first defensive pairing. We need to go one for one so that this thing is a little more balanced because guess what, guys? I don't know if we ever said this officially on the podcast, but I ran the polls round by round and overall. I mean, it was just, it was a sweeping thing. <laughs> there was, there's nobody is suspicious of whether or not I'm going to dominate, which makes it less interesting. So we're going to tap back into that as well. What's the, what, anything else that you, that you're excited to discuss here as we get into September month away, I mean, and, you know, what this team needs to do. I, I think we'll hit more on it next episode, which we talked about was uh, the fourth line. You know, I'm really excited to see what Nate Bastion can do. Um, staying oh, yeah, we didn't healthy. get to Nate Bastion. Oh. That, that, listen, that's all right. We're, it's we've been talking for a while, man. And you know what? I'm excited to see you next week, bro, in person. Me without my green screen behind me. You know, I'm slacking over here. But listen, listen, it's all right. I'm gonna be with you next week. That's all that matters. Yes. I guess it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. But no, we'll, I mean, we'll you, dive you, into. You, you seem okay with mediocrity. I mean, and that's and that's okay. That's a choice that you make. You know, listen, you're the you're the tech guy. I'm learning. I learn from the best. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. by the way, how are the Giants gonna do this year? What's your what's your prediction on the Giants this year? Uh, second in the division playoffs, win the first round and then see how the matchup shake out. Whoa. I like that. I actually think Dallas is going to have a down year. And I agree with you that uh, the giants could be second in division at 10 and seven, by the way. I think that the, I think that, uh, by the way, in case you guys don't know, I mean, you hear me at the top of the show, I cover the giants. <laughs> Annie is a Jets fan. Um, I'm a diehard Jets fan. Yeah. I think, um, I shouldn't say diehard. I'm a diehard devils fan. I'm a Jets fan. Uh, I think, I think that's an interesting season you guys have ahead. I'm gonna put it that way. Yeah, let's 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 not a lot of expectations. Listen, a lot uh, of expectations. Yeah. But that's a story for another day. But yeah, next week we'll definitely talk more about Bastion. We'll talk about McLeod. What's gonna happen with McLeod? You know, with some of the rulings coming down from the NHL. Yep. Talk about Lazar a little bit more too. I, I think that fourth line is gonna be a big factor. I really think that they're gonna be important when it comes to blocking shots and to hitting, like we're talking about, and to really keep the physicality with this team alive i think it is so 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 important to stay physical however we saw it in the first two games of the ranger series in the playoffs play your game still and be physical do not chase the hits do not chase the aggression play your game but we still need to show that physical presence i think the fourth line is going to be massive this year for the devils yeah, Lazar is a great example of another yeah. player, right? But to figure out what is this guy going to be? What what are the expectations for him? And then even thinking about, listen, the other thing we, we will do as well, um, and then we will we'll wrap it up. But we got I got distracted by the Giants there for a minute. Um, <laughs> is is who you know who's going to be the surprising player this year for the Devils, right? Because mm-hmm. I still think that you're going to want that spark. We talked about who could be set up for a letdown potentially, but you know you have to look at this roster and still say 
which by the way, we'll get into some of the numbers too. They are still behind the Carolina Panthers in a lot of measurables when it comes to expectations for the upcoming season. We've talked about the division before, so we'll go ahead and cement a lot of those things as well. And then we'll get into training camp and what's happening here. And we'll actually start to get some real on ice sample size to inform what we think this team is going to look like in the meantime, though, you get over to YouTube, you go ahead and you subscribe to devil's puck luck podcast. You turn on the alert. So, you know, when the shows are coming to you, we're also going to have some live post game coverage when we get to the regular season. So you're going to want to be a part of that over on Twitter at NJ devils, PL on TikTok and Instagram at devil's puck Club. at Adam Armbrecht on Twitter at Danny, the face on Twitter until next time, guys. Let's all be Nathan Bastion in the beautiful afterglow of the New Jersey Devils. Oh, like that. That worked, right? I thought that, I like that. that played. That was it. <laughs>